Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Mooncast. We've got Joe back on, um, hopefully with a good connection. My <coughs> <laughs> coughing will, will, will take the place of a bad connection. Um, yeah, so Joe's back on, which is great. Um, we're talking about the new Norse box set. I don't know, what, what, I can't remember what it's called. What's, what's uh, the box? That is, is Rune Fated. Rune Fated. Yeah. box set. Three new gnomes, um, which I'm really excited to see some new gnomes coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's 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 a they're they're different to gnomes. I think they they've got some similarities, but um, uh, they should add a, a new dimension. I think to um, to both gnomes and Commonwealth in general. So we'll do what we normally do. We'll go through each of the cards and talk about them in general. We'll talk about how they link to other cards and other and other ways you can play them we'll talk about troop options both norse and non-norse we me and joe have already been discussing a few things we'll talk about ways to play against them and we'll go off on various tangents <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah that's a promise <laughs> yeah that, that, that's the only thing of this podcast i can promise is that we will go off on a tangent at some point we were, in our discussion before even starting the podcast, we went off on several tangents. So um, <laughs> yeah. it's a miracle yeah. we're still here. <laughs> it's a miracle we started. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we, we, we went off on some pre-cast, pre-podcast tangents, um, but hopefully that that might minimise the tangents we do go off on because we've already got we've eliminated a few possibilities. <coughs> and again, I do apologise for the last battle of what I did for because I was coughing all the way through it. So I do apologise for the coughing. Um, but yeah. So I'll, I'll, because these are brand new, at the time of releasing this podcast, most of you won't have the models in your hands yet. Um, the the models have been shown on uh, social media and, and various places, so this is not new, but the cards, I don't know if the cards have been shared yet at this point. I don't know if they've been shared yet by the point, by the time it's come out. Um, but I will go through the cards in detail so that um, anyone who hasn't got them has got a better idea. So, first one, I'm going to do Liv first. Um, so Liv is a cleric, and she has the gnome, Norse, and cleric keywords. Got a melee two, uh, melee range of one, arcane four, evade zero. And she's got a couple of quite fun um, active abilities. First one's called Reading the Runes. And it says, when this character activates, you may, haven't got to, you may guess a card, colour, and number or catastrophe so guess an arcane card then flip an arcane card and if you guess it correctly apply the following effect green friendly north model within eight gains protection protection being the first 10 that would suffer damage is reduced to nothing blue um choose a model within eight so not a north model a model within eight that stores x plus one wounds and pink is choose a model within eight to suffer x magical damage catastrophe all models within two suffer two magical damage. <laughs> I reckon that was you that did that, Jake. You loved him, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of two magical damage catastrophe pulse. <laughs> it's it's uh, more useful than you think. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I, I, I can see the uses of it, definitely. <laughs> and then she's got uh, an arcane action. So, so minute, no, so not an arcane action. Uh, called Manipulate the Runes. After resolving an arcane action, this model initiated, but before shuffling the arcane deck, you may set aside any cards from your hand that weren't played, 
and after shuffling the arcane deck, put any number of the set-aside cards on the top of the deck in any order, and put the remainder on the bottom of the deck in any order, once per turn. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty awesome. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more, I'll explain the last bit of Liv, because I think she's one initially looks a little bit complicated, but once you understand some of the nuances of her, I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, and then she's got Runes of Power, cost one. So this is her arcane ability, cost one, eight inch range. Target resource X wounds on a blue or on a pink. Target suffers X minus one magical damage. Catastrophe, she suffers two wounds. Um, so again, what I like about that is it's not once per turn, so she can do it a few times. And it gives gnomes an additional healer, which is always good. And then she's got eight health, so quite healthy for a cleric. Mm-hmm. A cleric kind of model, she's just got a lot of health, which is good. And like normally, like gnomes, she does follow the trend of gnomes of having all her energy at the bottom. And then, last of all, her signature move is on low guard. And that basically just means that she deals no damage and she reduces damage by minus two. Um, and then the normal low guard um, consequences, as it were, depending on what your opponent plays. Um, I think she looks like a really fun um, like addition to to a gnome. I think she offers something very different for gnomes, um, mm-hmm. which I think is really fun, as well as just Norse. Um, but tell you what, because you've done a lot more of the work with these ones. You, I'll let you have a bit. I'll save my thoughts in case I you, you miss anything that I thought of or I think of any additional. But I'd like to hear your your thoughts on Liv, mm. for, on how, how you would use her and and things because I think that her, I think gnomes traditionally are a relatively straightforward troop build. They're, mm. they're a point and click. Um, they can shoot well. They've got some stuff in combat. They've got ways of reducing damage and things. They're, they're relatively straightforward list to use. I think she adds a, a level of complication, but um, I think in a good way. But um, why don't you share share your thoughts on Liv? So, yeah, so when when me, um, so when I was first writing the um, character cards for the Norse, um, we, me and Tom wanted to sort of give known players a completely alternative way to play. So you your normal Norse, uh, sorry, your normal gnomes, obviously you've got Mama Gimbal, everyone bunched up around her, gets those arcane and magic buffs. And for Norse, we wanted to, because a lot of them are uh, gnomes, so they're sort of gnomes, but we wanted to give them a completely different play style for people who wanted to still play gnomes, but then do something different. So for the Norse, there's sort of two major themes with them, and Liv is the epitome of one of them, which is they're going to screw around with the arcane deck a lot um so this it's probably it's not um uh, not completely alien uh people who use young jack a lot will probably be used to this with lucky um but what, what the norse will do a lot of is yeah just taking the deck uh sticking some cars on top some cars on the bottom uh so they don't need that arcane buff from um necessarily need that arcane buff from mama gimbal anymore so for Liv, um, she's going to set up a lot of your Norse characters, and we'll we'll well we'll get onto Bjorn later, definitely, because she really likes helping Bjorn out. 
But otherwise, she's just going to be doing a lot of healing. And then every so often, after you've completed a heal, you might find a really nice card. You might have a really nice card in your hand, like a green three, which you weren't able to use because user power is obviously on the blue and the pink. And then you can use manipulate the runes to just save that, stick it on the top. Uh, next activation, you know there's a green three on the top of the deck. So there's a lot of things you could do with a green three on the top of the deck, but I'm sure we'll get to them as and when. Yeah, particularly with gnomes, because I mean, if oh, in, yeah. in, a pure, in a pure Norse list, it has, uh, I mean, it's good for Loki. Loki can put a tree as, as far away as he wants, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you have quarrel in there, you know there's a green tree on the top. Oh, yes. Holy, holy. That is not fun for the opponent. <laughs> I mean, all, all the gnomes airship for that matter, and then yeah. you're going to talk about next. Um, uh, one thing I think about with, like, with, with, um, manipulate the runes as well um she can it's a bit tricky but she can set herself up because if she goes last and you set up the deck and then you know she you know you, you're probably let's say you've got the initiative and you're probably going to go first next time yeah. you can set up an early protection mm -hmm. yeah on, on yourself so you, you you go last so you do a heal which you may well be doing if she's going last and um you can get like even a green and a green ending really green one whatever you yeah. put that on top, knowing that's what you're going to turn over. You, you're going to activate her first. You activate her, get the green, give protection yeah. to young Jack or any or Bjorn. He's Bjorn's probably charged up because he wants to get right in there. He's oh yeah, you know that he's safe. He's safe from being shot from Firespit or Rybold for a turn, which is what you mm. want. Um, and then he can go in as he wants. Um, so that that that's one thing, that's one thing I immediately saw when I saw that is well you you if you know you get kind of you know you don't her last and um you know you're hoping to get the next turn um it's a fun use of that and obviously it's got lots of uses with generally with with any troop list actually to be fair that is useful to be able to manipulate the arcane deck because if it's your opponent next and you know they want to heal and you can stack loads of pinks on the top oh yeah you know you can you, you can use it to benefit yourself by putting greens and whatever you want on the top you can also totally screw up your opponent yeah yeah um, if you if you get very good at predicting your opponents then the yeah. norse just being able to do oh they're playing pirates they're going to fire a pistol next let me just put loads of pinks and blues on the top yeah exactly or, um, yeah, yeah it's just it's very flexible yeah. and um as you're saying yeah norse do absolutely adore the initiative they just adore anything which gives them a chance to back-to-back -back activate because it means they can stack yeah. the deck and then immediately make better uh, uh benefit from it and um yeah as you're saying with Liv, she can yeah bottom of turn then top of turn to set up reading the runes for herself otherwise she can get someone like um jack to set up the deck for her but um yeah. if but um in the Norse, what I found with her is if she's um, not set up, which you won't always have the deck set up with her. Sometimes you'll be just be you'll be guess an arcane heavy opponent, and you'll be sort of mainly setting the deck up to mess them up rather than to help you up. Then if she's in a Norse troop, green one is usually a pretty good guess because it's yeah, more like it's more like it's well, it's just as likely as well a one of any other color or a catastrophe. But it doesn't scale with number. I mean, a green one's as good as a green three, and protection is a yeah. stupid is a stupendously good defensive ability. So, yeah, yeah. 
love protection. I love putting on people. Oh, it's so good. It's just so much fun. Oh, sorry, you wanted to do damage? No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing I'm just thinking of, because like, if you are facing like an arcane heavy opponent, like fairies, for example, Mm. where virtually all of their output is on pinks. Yeah. um, Again, it's that she can really mess with that. Like, even if you know you put the pink three on the bottom, you just know that the next activation is, it can't be as scary as as it as it mm. potentially is going to be. Um, or even if you know you're putting one pink two on the bottom, if your opponent calls a pink two, you know there's less chance of it being. You can just Oh. You back? Yeah, oh, back. I'm sorry, back. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, I don't know if you missed what I just said, Joe. So, like the the mind games you can play with an arcane opponent with with mm. Liv, Young Jack, and we'll get to off in a minute. Who also has a way of manipulating the deck. You can just yeah. it means every time your opponent tries to play an arcane ability, it's like, oh, I'm not even going to get the cards I want. Yeah, oh, and it's going to be like, ah. Oh. It's just it's going to frustrate your opponent, which is going to make them make more mistakes. And I've had the whole um, double guessing game of I've sort of done something with um, lived set up the deck. I actually found absolute trash when I set the deck up, but my opponent was absolutely convinced that I'd set up something amazing and they spent, well, half their activation yeah. trying to undo it. And then they realized, oh, wait, that was trash, wasn't it? I was like, yeah. And then I've had the opposite yeah. where I set the deck up yeah. and they're like, nah, he's not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Quarrel shoots with a green three and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's that mind game thing, isn't it? They, 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 they don't know what you can bluff on, double bluff them, triple bluff them, um, kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, it does change really the maths, obviously, of the resist hand. Because, yeah, like you were saying, if you put a pink two on a pink three on the bottom, well, they can only possibly have one pink two. So that's... You know, that's nice to know, isn't it? Yeah, and you also, I think you, when, when you're facing an opponent that has uh, their damage output is mainly arcane, it's likely that you're facing an opponent where the arcane is probably on a particular colour for that troop. So, like, fairies is all, is all pink. Goblins tend to be green. Um, Commonwealth humans and gnomes tend to be green on their output. So if you're facing gnomes, you know, like, Quarrel, Nomad Airship, Flintlock is all green um, on there. But there's there's a few where you've got, yeah. you've got things like Blunt Bust and things are different, but yeah. those output damages aren't, they tend to be as high. So it's the ones where the damage output is very high, so five, if you're facing a fire spitter, ribald, goblin airship list, that's all green. Um, so you know, and and things like the Dominion humans, their their scary da- output is is pinks. So um, yeah. you you'll tend to find, I think, that you're you're facing a particular color, or not necessarily a huge variety of color in your opponent damage output. I mean, you yeah, it's not a work at time, but it it can really mess with those lists. Oh yeah, and the other the other sort of nice thing about it is normally these sort of buffs to your friends and debuffs to your enemies. You've got to be so close to them to do it. Liv can be in the corner of the board right at the edge of the uh, table and she can be, you know, disrupting a flintlock who's 30 inches away from her because she's setting the deck up. 
So that's yeah. sort of when, like I was saying earlier, when we were sort of trying to design the sort of alternate gnomish play style, that was sort of the sort of the opposite angle of Mama Gimbal's arcane buff. You don't need that arcane buff anymore. Why would you? You know there's a green three on the top of the deck, and you don't need to bunch up around her because, well, it doesn't matter. But also her runes of power is eight inches. Mm, yeah. yeah. The model here is eight inches, so you haven't got to be as close. I mean, obviously, Mama Gimbal here is eight. Yeah. I'm not saying you would never use Mama Gimbal in a, in a Norse list, but what I think is, what I think Liv does do really nicely for gnomes is in it. Anyone who's bringing a gnome list before is like carnival one mammoth. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she, she was an auto included. I think that one of, I know in my conversation with Tom, what he's always what he's trying to do as the game develops is try to take out that auto includes, um, which I think is which is really good because you the, the game can get very static if you're not trying to if you're trying to yeah. um, not trying to avoid that. But in Graddock, still, you know, if I was doing a gnome list with the current gnomes taking out the uh, the the north that are coming out, Mamma Gimble and Graddock are the first two you put in for most lists. Okay. So it's nice to see something different. Anyway, we'll move on to to Bjorn. Um, he's a big kind of Vikingy guy. Um, uh, so he's uh, he's the melee person in this in this troop. Um, he's a gnome. He's Norse. He's mercenary. So he he actually has ways of working with with a couple of other. Um, builds as well with with the mercenary keywords and um, we'll get to that he's melee four range one arcane two evade zero um, he's got bear skin so reduced non-piercing damage suffered by minus one um which is actually really good i think that's you look at that thing oh just non-piercing and you realize that also includes magical damage yeah uh, <laughs> so that's actually really good um, um and then uh berserk fury i like this one Increase all melee damage dealt by half the number of wounds rounded up this character has currently suffered. Ignore any wounds suffered during the current action. So if he takes if you're in a man of melee, he takes some damage, you can't use that to add to his own damage. Mm. Um basically. Um if he's taken four wounds, he's plus two damage. That's good. If he's taken five wounds, he takes plus three damage, which is pretty which is, that's the same as Fritz, so that's pretty scary. Yeah. Um and it's also all damage, so it doesn't matter what he's doing. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's got to go kind of level of damage. Um, then it's got skull, skull that's pronounced skull. I, I googled it beforehand, I think it's skull, yeah, so something like that. Well, I'll skull, yeah, no, that, that does sound better. Skull, um, when this character activates, you may flip an arc, you may again, you may flip an arcane card, so what mm. you haven't got it, so if he's on one wound left, you just have to be yeah. worried about something that, and. Doesn't. And it's also relevant for his arcane action because after you flip a card, you have to shuffle the deck. And you, if you know a certain card's on the top of the deck, you might want to save it for his arcane action as opposed to score. Yeah. Um, this model has X wounds or X is the value of a card. I like this. It's like an opposite catastrophe. This, this, yeah. this character scores <laughs> all wound and loses Berserk Fury, which we've talked about. So he's got another way of healing. Um, and obviously, if you stack the deck with Lee, well, and you I'd, Beyond on one health left, but he's activating next. Ha! Catastrophe at the top, and he starts next time with four wounds. Um, <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, it's one of those things I can't imagine would happen that often, but would be hilarious when it does happen. Mm. Um, it's kind of like that, that that sort of catastrophe. I mean, you might get lucky and get a catastrophe when you happen to need it, but when you stack the decks so that he heals all his wounds and you haven't had the healing, 
that that kind of reminds me a bit of the kind of one-offness of something like um slightly maddening brother daniel where it doesn't happen all the time where it does happen it's absolutely brilliant <laughs> mm. oh yeah um, um and then bear charge uh cost one so this is an active ability four inch range move this model three inches directly towards the target model the target cannot play signature moves until the end of the character's activation which i think is that's, a, that's i think that's i think he's the only model that can take away signature moves mm-hmm. um which is really unique which is really fun to see something completely unique um and then he's got a throwing axe cost two range four target suffers two x impact damage and catastrophe he suffers three so that's pretty brutal that throwing axe and again mm. like i say you've stacked the deck with live already yeah. or, or young jack if, if um, you got, and you've you get a green yeah, yeah it's just a, you, you know you're getting a green three it's a good alternative to have to put him into combat or yeah. if he's in combat you're standing next to someone you don't want to risk the combat you know you've got oh, a green yeah. I quite like it when he's not wounded because when he's not wounded, obviously he's not got a huge damage bonus. So, and yeah. well, if he happens to have a high green on the top of the deck, that's what I, what I was saying earlier. You probably don't want to flip to score if you've got a green three on the top of the deck. Yeah, don't wound yourself. Just go for that auto six impact damage. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> definitely. And then his signature moves on Falling Swing. Um, it's called Thrash. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, does zero on everything, um, so it's zero. But but that's not necessarily a bad thing because he could be dealing more damage, obviously, with Berserk Fury. Um, but what's fun about it is it does impact or slicing, so you can choose. Which also is very rare on a signature move that you can choose the type of damage. It's usually one type of damage. Um, but he can counter on a falling swing, a thrust, or a rising attack. So he counters against all the attacking cards. Um, which is cool. So he can, if he's done the following swing and your opponent's done a thrust, he might still do two damage because of school and then gets to attack back with something else. Um, so uh, that's a really fun, I think that's a really different signature move. Um, and then he moves two inches directly towards the enemy as well. So that's always an extra bonus. But um, yeah, I, I haven't actually used Beyond when, when When me and Jack have been playtesting these, he tends to use, he's been the one using them more. Because he he traditionally used gnomes a lot, so I actually haven't used them that much. Um, but thrash looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like any, any any signature move that has multiple counters is really fun. Uh, it makes your opponent again. It makes your opponent think really carefully what to do. Um, it's it's also yeah, again, yeah, go on. I was going to say it's also got util- It's also got some utility as well because I mean, like a lot of gnomes, he's a one-inch melee zone. So normally, the scary thing is well, if someone calls, like C6 Stu comes up to him and just pokes him at three-inch range for like five attacks. Um, if Bjorn plays Thrash, Ensep uh, Effect moved two inches directly towards the enemy, so it's really hard to sort of stay outside of his melee zone because he's just going to try and signature and run back in and start attacking yeah. you again. Definitely, and, and 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 usually find the models that have got a way of getting out of that, who have got like, like tactical retreat and things like that. They aren't the ones that are going to be doing a lot of damage to him anyway. Mm. Um, so he doesn't really mind if, you know, if Flintlock is attacking him and he and he runs off, um, because he's 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 probably not going to take much damage in the first place. Um, but like he played the C6 Q, the Doug, um, Lubard, 
next three or even two into melees if he hasn't got the energy to to step in. Um, he has a way of making sure that at least on the second round of melee he's able to hit you back. Um, and with eight, eight with eight wounds, it's, it's unlikely you're going to be able to kill him in one go. It might happen, yeah. but um, eight, eight wounds and damage and a non-piercing damage reduction as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a tough. Yeah, one. I'll, I'll, he's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you get you know, as we did with Lee. I'll, I'll, why don't you give us your your thoughts on on your <laughs> Oh, I feel like I've been talking. I've, I've been going on this one because I like this guy. Um, <laughs> is is definitely yeah. He is the damage dealer of the box. Definitely, he's gonna love the arcane deck being set up for him because he can either um, well, it's one of these weird ones where he doesn't mind a low number being on the top because if he's yeah. on full wounds and you know there's a one on top of the deck, you can well deal him one wound of score, which he suffers one wound half that rounded up he's now got plus one damage that's nice yeah. um if if he suffered seven wounds he's up to a genuinely terrifying plus four damage um yeah it really hurts and uh well i suppose normally you think okay he's on one wounds that's that's not too bad you can kill him quite easily which in all fairness yeah you, you usually can but if Liv is nearby and he's given and she's given him protection yeah. Then, then yeah, he's gonna have at least one free hit where he runs in with plus four, whatever damage, and um, yeah, and if he's playing thrash, then it doesn't matter what you play, he's definitely dealing at least four damage to you. Yeah. Um. Say so the one. And possibly hitting you again afterwards with another plus four damage. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've had some insanely good combats with him where I've drawn three thrashes. Sorry, three falling swings. Uh, and uh, whoever I've been playing against played like one thrust or a rising attack. Bjorn survived and he's gone, okay, I play one thrash, resolve that. Oh, follow up. I play another thrash, resolve that, follow up. I play another thrash, resolve that, follow up. I think I've killed the beast from full with that. Um, wow. So, yeah, he's if he's really badly, I'd say the one, the one um, thing that you have to be careful with without thrash is if you're if you have a follow-up but you are killed, you don't get the follow-up. So if he's on one wound remaining and he's killed with a thrust, a thrust, and you play thrash, then he doesn't get the follow-up. He's dead, unless of course lives put protection on him, in which case he can follow up as much as he likes. Um, yeah. The he, after the initial damage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the bear, bear charges. I feel like every single game I find a new use for it. Um, the most recent use I found for it is um, charging models like Klaus, um, where some models are... Um, oh, Klaus is the main example I can think of. You know how some models have a plus piercing damage or plus impact damage. And uh, with Klaus, he has a sweeping cut, which deals uh, impact damage. Uh, if you bear charge him, now there's one less card Klaus can play because now he can only play falling and rising attacks. Uh, yeah. useful um, and models like Jada as well where uh, piercing, she's normally only allowed to play a thrust or a rising attack Jada's got that piercing falling swing, he can disable that falling swing so she has less options and as you were yeah. mentioning Flintlock earlier in running away, if you really want to kill Flintlock, you bear charge him he's not allowed to run away anymore yeah. and, but and the best like, and like, yeah, there's a few other ones that have that kind of thing, like, like Eric can't swap places yeah. um, boom Boom, 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 can't run away. 
There's been there's quite a few models that have a running away mechanic as part of their mm. signature move, isn't it? And um, most importantly, Freya. <laughs> and Freya, yeah. So, uh, can't hit me. You can just completely disable can't hit me. And well, if you bear oh. if you bear charge, you'll have two oh, well off his base energy. And uh, we'll get onto another Norse character, which can give him some more energy in a second, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But off his base energy, he's got two attacks. I, I think he can kill most fairies with can't hit me in two attacks, especially if he's suffered a couple of wounds and he can just play a couple of thrashes. So, yeah, yeah he is a ferociously good fairy hunter. And then there's the throwing axe. If there's a green fruit on the top of the deck, that one-shots every fairy in the game, apart from Vesper, who is lucky enough to have eight wounds, and arguably Diana, because yeah. Gotchka's probably standing nearby. So, yeah, yeah. he's he's just... He's just he's just so murdery in combat. He probably he usually dies of it. I think he dies in pretty much every game I've seen I've ever played him. But he's a uh, he's a berserker. He goes in and causes an absurd amount of damage and then dies. Yeah, and and you kind of don't mind that he's died as long as he's taken someone one or two things yeah. with him. Um, oh yeah. Ideally, taken like a, a pivotal model for your opponent, like a healer or yeah. someone holding moonstone. Um, and like you said, he's he's good at dealing with some of those controlling characters. Like Doug likes to be in the middle, controlling the area with a three-inch melee, or Luba likes to be in the middle, controlling a three-inch melee. And he can either get past the three-inch melee with his end step effect, yeah, or he can just, as he said, if he's on one wound left with protection, you go in on Doug and just do an obscene amount of damage, um, yeah. and eliminate their threat in the middle. And then, you know, they've lost that. The your opponent's lost that. Um, control in the middle of the board, and the middle of the board is where usually where there's some moonstones. Mm. Um, you drop them in the middle of the board so that you can there. <laughs> Funny um, you mentioned Lubar because he is a pretty decent um, gnomish answer to Lubar if you want to deal with him in melee, because most gnomes obviously have to go within a, within an inch of him, and well, anyone within an inch of Lubar normally dies pretty quickly. Uh, Bjorn Bear charges. Now Luard only has two impact cards and he can't do his super signature of well, yeah. death, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, uh, there's a few of the big models. Now. Like, um, I think, let me just look, look and do all my cards now. I'm thinking of. Boulder has Boulder. a one inch one. Boulder. Yeah. And yeah. Doug, as you were Boulder. mentioning earlier. And Doug, yeah. But Boulder's one because Boulder is so scary if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. And it means that you know he, he can't lose the other and 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 the other one. Right? He's really good against the big guys, isn't he? Because he's really oh, good against Rybold. Rybold can't explode on him. <laughs> oh, that's useful. Yes. <coughs> um, he can't do anything to blow up in his face. Um, yeah. I mean, not being able to stopping the opponent doing signature moves is just really mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very. Mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it also get gets past. Because there's quite a few models that have, as their signature move, um, ignores passive abilities. Yeah. So ignores Groin Tickler from Vicious Midget, it ignores Defensor, it ignores Loki's. I think his is, yeah, his is only on um, on his signature. So that means that unless you're dealing piercing, yeah. he, he's, taking, he, he's not worried about the damage that the Midget can do. On the, and Fencer's horrible, horrible with his with her um, her signature. Yeah. Her Really um, nasty, yeah. Taking Fencer's signature off though is just horrific. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think I can't think there is 
Is there a model that can stop you doing counters? Follow-up follow attacks, I, I feel like there is, but maybe I'm... So, not yet, no. No, not yet. Maybe, maybe there's coming up and I... <laughs> or, or maybe you just said it and I'm writing something on a notepad now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bjorn's um, kind of a, I, I would say a slightly simpler one to use than Nib because he is very much charge, yeah. <laughs> murder stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, but he does have that slightly tougher, tougher side to him as well. But you kind of have to, he's not necessarily like naturally tough. I mean, the minus one damage is something, but his. He he works with others to make him make him tougher. Um, yeah. At the bear chart, does actually make him quite tough because he's yeah. he's good against melee models that, that are like yeah. that. Yeah, um, he can absolutely just well be in any list, just sort of run into the melee, scream a lot uh, by melee attacks, and he'll probably do his job. But yeah, in Norse and with the other sort of support, he can get there. He, there's a sort of there's a really sort of small element of finesse to him where if you start setting up the yeah. deck just right at the right time and um, yeah especially if you if you can set up a catastrophe at just the right seconds then he's going to yeah do a horrendous amount of damage then might be able to activate uh next term at a really convenient yeah. time and go oh i've now healed yeah. all my damage now you've got to deal with me again yeah definitely um yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Doing exactly the same thing. You could get get his wound down, do the damage on someone, knowing that there's a catastrophe on top of the deck because someone stacked it already. Um, it only really works. Obviously, it works situationally as lots of these things work. Um, but you can set it up. Um, there's certainly. Um, right, we'll move on to Olim, I think, and then that'll give us time to talk about troops. Got my other. Norse cards are ready to talk, talk about them. So um, we'll talk about troops and things as well. So the last one is Olin. Um, I assume it's how it's pronounced. Olin. Um, he's a known animal, Norse, and noble. Got a lot of keywords. He can he can respond <laughs> a lot of different ways, which is, which is great. Um, melee three, range one, arcane four, evade zero. Um, I I hadn't seen the final render of the model on this until until uh, Tom shared it. I'd seen like sketches and things, but um, I just love the fact that we've got another model riding a riding an animal <laughs> um, and a bad-looking dog and this sort of tiny little gnome on top, which is brilliant. Um, and I love how um, it's a real credit to Tom that he's still able to wonderfully maintain that whimsical fantasy in these new models um, with these funny, fine-looking, fine-looking people, basically. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was tangible, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So, it's a relevant tangent, as opposed. It was a, re to... it was a relevant tangent, yeah. Uh... So, Olin. So he's got. Um, oh, I forgot to mention with Bjorn. By the way, he's yeah, he's, he's like other gnomes. He's got eight health and all his energies at the bottom. I wanted to mention that. Um, Olin, uh, two passive abilities. First one's called Valhalla. It's got two exclamation marks. You have to say it like that. Um, when another friendly Norse or a friendly young Jack within six inches starts drug action. It may move a plus two inches, provided the move ends with the character engaging an enemy. Models with slow are still limited to two as normal. Because slow, remember, doesn't limit your drug action to do to two. It limits your no, does it limit your drug drug action to two, not yeah. by two. So that's one that's 
copper blind in the past, I think, limits two two inches. So no matter what pluses you have, it can only ever be two. Um, got a look of innocence. So like uh, Natty, like um, Anya Bartol, when an enemy targets this character with an action, the active enemy model must discard one energy or the action is cancelled. Um, I love Black of Innocence. It, Jack hates me when I've been of Innocence. He's so, it's so annoying. It's one, of, it's one of those abilities that he forgets. Probably, he probably forgets that ability more than any other ability when I'm playing. I tend to be like, say, Anya's one of my favourite models to use in Leshkov. I need to bring her a lot. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll shoot Anya. Oh no, I can't shoot Anya. Damn it. <laughs> Reloaded, now I can't shoot her. Yep, yeah, you're right, you can't shoot her. <laughs> uh, um, you're even worse with all him because he's um he buffs Norse and he's a noble. So Brunhild is probably nearby. So yeah. as well as having to uh, use electric energy to target him, he's probably not taking the damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the right pain. Um, and he's got one active ability called Fortunate, and we kind of we kind of alluded to this one with the other two. Once per turn, look at the cost one. Look at the top three cards of the arcane deck. Put any number at the top of the deck in any order, and put the remainder of the bottom deck in any order. So it's another way of stacking the deck. We kind of mentioned it earlier, um, and obviously young Jack's got lucky, which um, uh, we draw top five. So there's there's three now, and we'll 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 talk more about that. But there's three models in this list that can um, in this group we're talking about that can manipulate the arcane deck. Um, and he's got one um, arcane ability, um, Buttermilk Elixir. I think I thought someone else has got that. That sounds familiar. Um, Joanna has a pixie elf elixir. Oh yeah, maybe it's something. I feel like I've heard the words, but maybe it's just because I've helped maintain space. Yeah, Joanna yeah, is. So I. Joanna's that's pixie elf elixir. Elixir and um, young Jack. Like elixir. That's what I'm. It's just other ah. other. Yeah, I'm thinking of other elixirs that we have in the game. That's fine. <laughs> so cost two, sixteen trains. Target the store with X plus one wound, so standard heal if you want to use a standard heal with a slightly shorter range. Um, or um, on a pink, target Norse or Gnome gains one energy. So um, you it doesn't matter what pink you play on that, it's just one energy. And the catastrophe is this model suffers three wounds. Um, signature move on a low guard. Um, it's a standard low guard. Um, it's <laughs> fetch. I love it. It's called Fetch. Um, it doesn't do anything with its um, standard low guardness, but the end step effect. Choose a friendly Norse or friendly young Jack within four inches of the enemy model. Move the chosen friendly character three inches directly towards the enemy. If the chosen friendly character is now engaging the enemy, this model may move three inches directly away from the model. It's kind of <laughs> setting up. It's a fun way to kind of go, uh, bye, now you can fight Bjorn instead. <laughs> Bye. Oh look, Brunhild is now 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 fighting you. <laughs> you can play with my friend instead. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just to finish off, uh, Olin's got seven health, and it's his his energy is on the bottom two, and then the fourth one from the bottom. So not quite drifted. So same as Joanna actually, um, but not quite the the other names normally have it all at the bottom. Um, Olim is a lot of fun. <laughs> I just I look at him and think, oh, I want to play him now. Is that primarily um, because you have an excuse to scream Valhalla every other activation? Yeah, and I did when we play tested. <laughs> oh, good. And I also just, I started bear charge a few times. So. Yeah. Uh, 
can't not. Um, uh, but yeah, again, I'll let you um, I'll let you tear your thoughts again, Joe, because like I said, like I said before with, with that Niv, you, you've had more. I have played tested them a little bit and, and, and I have played them a few times, but you've had more of a more of an input on them and things. So um, I'll let you go with this one again. So as I was alluding to earlier, when I was sort of originally writing these guys and we wanted to sort of give a slightly different gnome-esque uh, experience for troops, uh, and there were the two things that the Norse did, and we've talked a bit about sort of the deck manipulation. Um, uh, Valhalla is the other one. Um, so as opposed to um, uh, the Norse having to stick sort of religiously close to their sort of, well, leader as it was, they don't need to stick that close because, well, a lot of the times they're going to be screaming forward and running into combat. Um, yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's it's really it's just incredibly energy efficient, and it allows you to dictate how com how the melee starts. So at the start of so at the end of turn one, as well, are you as I when I oh, I normally find in my games at the end of turn one, both your melee troops, you're you're normally sort of you know not quite at the center of the board, and you're sort of just staring at the other troop, waiting for who's going to make the first move. Uh, mm. The Norse absolutely adore this because they can stay just out of range of the enemy, so they can't charge into them. But they can charge; six, they can jog six inches instead of four, so they can decide when they start the melee and however they like. Um, so it's just it's great for that sort of t early turn two part of the game, and um, yeah. Not having to spend step actions you might have otherwise need to get into combat means more melee attacks. Uh, it's It's really good with Brunhilde um, because, well, one energy not spent on her is one energy from for a giant attack, which is yeah. lovely. Uh, speaking about Brunhilde, she's a Norse, so uh, Boss Milk Elixir's pink. You now have a three energy giant quite happily. A three energy giant which can jog six inches. It's, yeah, and, well, she protects Olin as well to make you sort of make up she can stay with him with loyalty and things as well yeah um, yeah the other one i've just noticed which i think could be quite hilarious is it's a way of again it takes it's it's situational as a lot of things are but you could use it on like bjorn can do a six inch jog towards the nearest model but if that's not the one he wants to hit you can go to six yeah. inches to engage one then do a bear charge away from them to go hit the model four inches away separately and probably as it's a three he may well be able to get out of their melee zone, the one that the one he he moved up the six inches for to go and hit their healer who's just behind. I well, <laughs> I honestly have I honestly think don't think that's so situational. I've had that in a lot of games where he's just sort of yeah, yeah six inch charge sort of right to the edge of something <laughs> on the front line and then bear charged into say if somebody's only got one healer bear charges into a healer and yeah. well a healer's not going to stand a chance against him. You're going to kill them and they're going to be down. Particularly as you bear charge and they can't use their signature moves to probably run away, which is what most healers have got, some kind of defensive signature move. Oh, yeah. There's the odd one, like um, BQ, who, who's isn't, but um, <laughs> but yeah, most healers have got a defensive signature move, so um, like, yeah, Fire Flavius have a couple of them haven't, but um, those really bespoke healers, I can't think of one that hasn't got a defensive thing. Well, um, I can't either, actually. <laughs> um, you've got like like old holders and Eric and things. I mean, old Eric yeah. actually is a defensive. 
in terms of Colton's actually those, those are two terrible examples because both of them are defensive. <laughs> Rather than um, Daniel, kind of, he doesn't have a fleeing one, but he has a defensive one. Yeah, it does affect your so, Again, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at those really um, like the mortician. His is defensive; he can't play dead anymore. So that'd be really horrible for the mortician because you yeah. can you can't play dead. Um, Freya, we obviously talk, talk, talked about um, Gwen, Gwendolyn. Um, yeah. Hers is defensive, um, so you can keep you can keep hitting her. Um, the goblet, Beaky, Beaky's a defensive. Uh, Shabaroon's is defensive. He's not a healer, but he's defensive, so he, he's he's going to be there somewhere. He can't he can't suddenly run eight inches away. Um, I think of the left about healer from Daniel. Um, Bama Gimble, I'm sure hers is defensive. Um, yeah, she's got the same as Eric, hasn't she? Yeah, hers is basically defensive. Um, let me look at the, the healers for this. Uh, Antonia uh, is defensive. Yeah, taking, taking that away from her. Um, Anya Bartol, hers is not. Well, actually, that's good for Anya. She can't transform into Trigger. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really <laughs> bad. She'd be on the end of Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, with Anya, you can make, you, you're probably only able to hit her once, though. Um, yeah. It's not as good because of the of innocence, but um, if he if Bjorn's got enough wounds, though, he might only need to hit her once. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and she she hasn't been doing any damage back, so yeah. Um, if, if you're sort of ping ponging Bjorn around, especially with bear charge, giving him the extra energy with buttermilk elixir, it's sort of it's 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 since bear charge disables um, signatures until the end of his activation. Another attack on him is slightly more valuable than another attack on anyone else if he's going to be bear charging. So, and as well, yeah. Olam can fortunate him. So if, well, depending yeah. on what you find with fortunates, if you found a green free, you can sort of pivot into oh this turn he's going to throw the axe, or if you just draw utter trash, you can sort of game your opponent into thinking you put something really good on the deck. If they try and yeah. waste it, they've wasted energy. If not, you stuck a one on the top of the deck. Um, that's yeah, and really... he's plus one damage, yeah. Yeah, plus one damage. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah the, the, the plus one damage helps deal with those with those various models that have minus one damage of some description. Mm. You just, if nothing else, he just negates that, um, which is always which is always useful. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Olive's got that. And Fetch is just brilliant. Um, <laughs> another way of moving a north further up, um, yeah. you know, if if for some reason young Jack's got stuck because you, you've picked because you've had to pick a Munta or you pick a Munta with one of them, you can still move them so you can another way of bringing them right up, um, uh, which is just which is really useful, I think. And obviously Joanna, you could bring her up, Brunhilde, Hilda, you can do that swap. Um, you know, you're probably going to have another north within four inches, that, and apart from possibly live. I mean, if it's, if it's young Jack. Joanna or Brunhilde, you're going to want them in combat, or, or Loki for that matter, you're going to want them in combat instead. Because mm. um, oh, they're all scary. They all do more damage. And Joanna, if, she, if, if, Joanna, if you move Joanna up and she's surrounded by gnomes, your enemy trying to, trying to hurt her is really difficult. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's be minus three damage. So, I, jo Joanna with the um, um, with her three base energy and in her two inch melee zone, I've got a far more turn one sort of melee attacks off with her than should be allowed with Odin's Valhalla. Buttermilk elixir yeah. a few steps and she just runs into combat. She can 
get up to the. It's really easy for a two-inch melee zone model, uh, two-inch melee zone to get some melee attacks in turn one if your opponent's a little overzealous because they can, with two steps, reach the center line with a jog so long as they're engaging someone. It's yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really fast. Yeah, and like gnomes traditionally aren't fast. Mm. Particularly, that traditionally gnomes don't particularly have a lot of movement. I mean, Billy can, yeah. um, but traditionally they haven't got a lot of movement. Billy, as um, you mentioned him, so, Billy, as you mentioned him, he's got um, what is it called? Ramming speed, flip top card of deck, so um, he can fit quite nicely into the Norse with that. Yeah, yeah, he can absolutely can. Um, I mean, there's yeah, there's, there's various. Um, I mean. You know, quarrel and no airship don't mind being with that as well because you can give them a green three. Like you said, that that yeah. that sort of simplest, that's like simpler view of it. Of I'm just going to hit you really hard with a bolt next turn. Um, <laughs> next activation, um, particularly good if you've managed to kill off one of their models, so you know you can activate one of these and then yours immediately afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. It's particularly brutal. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I think those three go to. I mean, I know that the the the, the troop boxes are designed to go together, but I think these three in particular work really well together as a three. You've got two healers who could also do other stuff as well. Um, and we obviously mentioned before about we've mentioned already about adding young Jack and Joanna and um, other Norse. I think what we'll do next is if we talk about pure Norse lists, um, Norse, which is you know, there's only seven. So you've got a choice of seven in your, in your six or your tournament five. And then we can talk about um, other Commonwealth that we because I've, I've had a few other ideas in my head already while I've been talking about other Commonwealth <laughs> that I potentially mixed in for fun. Yeah. Um, but I'll, again, I'll let you talk about your North list. Let, let's make it a six rather than a five. Yeah. Um, so if you picked a North six, um, Basically, which one? Because the Norse six is li not seven. You've got it's Liv, Bjorn, Olin. I mean, Young Jack's not Norse, but he fits in with it. Yeah. Joanna, Loki, Brunhilde. So if you're going for a pure Norse list, it, there's only six. You don't bring Young Jack. And you've got Liv, Bjorn, Olin, Joanna, Loki, and Brunhilde. But Young Jack does fit in pretty well. I mean, the only mm. the only bit of this that isn't pure Norse is the protection. The rest of it is Norse or Young Jack or Gnome, so it's okay. Um, so out of those seven, we'll kind of include Young Jack as a, you know, token Norse. Um, mm. What? Which one would you leave out? Really? Um, can I cheat tonight and say it depends who I'm playing against? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So, <laughs> so let's, well, let's take some example. I'll see. Okay, so you're facing you're facing a fairy list, uh, a standard a standard fairy list. Which one would you leave out? Which one would I leave out? A standard fairy list. Oh. Hilda, maybe she's got high evade, so she, the fairies are just going to be plinking her like a mad. So, yeah, yeah. probably leave out Brunhilde in that. Uh, yeah, because I think Loki, because you want him putting out the 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 wooded patches to to block their arcane. Um, that's what I was I was thinking Brunhilde against fairies because you don't really need the protection as much for Olin. Or, or Joanna or Young Jack for that matter, because Olin's got Look of Innocence, so the fairies are only ever really going to cast one thing on him. Joanna's got damage reduction. Young Jack's minus one for all damage. 
Um, I don't think you need the damage reduction as much. And you don't need the bodyguard as much. Okay. Um, yeah. With 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 the three options for manipulating the deck, you've got ways of crippling their arcane abilities anyway. That you don't, you know, you don't need it quite as much. I don't think. Um, yeah. God, if I was a fair, well, like fairies and I saw, and I saw Liv, Bjorn, Olim, Young Jack, Joanna, and Loki opposite me, I'd just have a little cry. <laughs> well, I'm actually um, now that you've mentioned that, I'm sort of circling back round to Loki because Loki really likes the deck setup. But if you're playing the Norse against fairies, you're probably not going to be setting the deck up for yourself. Because they've got so many arcane abilities, every time you manipulate the deck, you're probably going to be trying to sabotage them rather than set the deck up yourself. So that's going to be one of those matchups where you don't get to make much use of the deck. I'm sure we'll get around to Loki in slightly more detail in a bit, but Loki really likes having the deck set up for him. So in yeah, that yeah. Matchup, yeah, for favour of the old gods. Um, yes. Certainly. So I tell you what, I'll just run through Loki quickly in case anyone's not got him essentially. So Loki's a gnome rogue north, um, melee four, range one, arcane three, hammer. So he does uh, additional impact but can't do slashing or piercing. Favor of the old gods when this character suffers damage for the first time each turn, flip the card, arcane deck, and reduces it by X, where X is the value. Catastrophe is zero. Got trickster. I'm not going to trickster. Verdant grows so he can place a wooded patch. One with the winds, cost two, eight inch range, moves target model, X plus one, and it's blue. And his signature is on falling swing and does no damage and ignores passivities. See, I I, th I look at him and think, but you could one with the wind them as well, so you've got even more ways of moving yeah. around. Oh, so like, no. Aries have always got that problem with it, so much energy that they can step so much to get away from you. They're trying to get Bjorn up there to attack them. They step away, they step away, they step away, they step away to get away from him, whereas you've got another way of moving people. It's just like, oh, really fast list now. One, um, one with the wind to increase their already stupidly high threat ranges is brilliant, and I love him for that. Or, but there's something even crueler you can do with him, which is a hilarious abuse of Trickster. Because if you set up the top few cards of the deck, and you look at your opponents and sort of knowingly say, I've set up the top card of the deck, I know exactly what that is. Then you cast something with Loki, it's it's anyone's guess if if you you can stick all the blues you like on top of the deck and then just bluff anyway they're gonna believe you they've just seen you set the deck up it's yeah it's really cruel uh, the kind um, of yeah it, it, even if they call the bluff and you lose it it's gonna mess with them so much if you do it again yeah. they're not no it's just gonna, yeah I'll, I'll be honest yeah, on on the simpler side though my favorite thing I've done with Loki is I stuck a three on the top of the deck. Uh, ran at Rybold and uh, made a melee attack. And the person I was playing against thought, okay. Um, oh, obviously, Rybold hit him back. I flipped to three, and Loki took one damage from the troll's counter attack. And I think yeah. I played two falling swings or something and dealt him like seven or something. So yeah. It, Loki is, uh, is like like a few of the Norse characters. If you set him up, he becomes quite scary, actually. Oh, yeah, no, he can be very scary. Yeah, definitely. Um... So yeah, I guess yeah. So that's the fairy list. Let's say you're facing um, a Commonwealth human list. Commonwealth so human. Mainly, mainly melee output. You might have flintlock in there, but mainly yeah. melee output. So you've got, let's say, you've got Rick, you've got you might have Kaufman in there. So you've got a right. There's, 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 you know, there are different troop options in that. But you're facing a fairly standard human Commonwealth. But the 
really nice thing about them is they don't use the arcane deck much. So if you set up the arcane deck, you're probably going to get to use what you set up or they're going to have to go quite out of their way to disrupt it and do something they probably don't want to do. So I would probably err on the side of, inc of using more characters that have arcane abilities that don't, because I'm actually going to be able to make good use of them. So Loki would probably... Oh, I'm not sure who I'll drop. Brunhilde is... Um, Brunhilde doesn't make much use of the arcane deck, but she is going to be able to actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the... Uh, Commonwealth characters, but yeah. but the rest of the Norse characters have uses for the top deck. So it's a t you you possibly could ditch Brunhilde though and just sort of have uh, a stupid amount of fun, just repeatedly setting up the top deck and just taunting your opponents. I know exactly what that is. I could do something really bad with it, and they should stop me. Um, yeah, yeah, Brunhilde just for the um, just another melee model to sort of hold back the. Um, you could the Commonwealth melee storm. Yeah, yeah, she can. Because I think because I guess the thing with that list, you're facing a you're facing a mainly melee list. It could be Commonwealth, it could be Leshrock, it could be goblins, but that matter. But facing mainly melee, you're gonna be coming at each other on you. So you might be you might be manipulating the deck in making door making Bjorn do more damage. So your 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 damage output is higher than theirs, so that you're gonna be killing them, or you to do the throwing axe but protection on him. So you're going, to be do, you're, going to be, you're going to be using the arcane manipulation in a different way, like you say. You're going to be doing it for yourself rather than to stop your opponent. Because it's kind of the same kind of thing. If you're facing like a spell, a face sort of goblin list, it tends to be quite arcane heavy. So again, you'd probably be using that to stop them doing things. Like if you can stop, if you if you know that you've put, for example, um, the pink or the blue three on the bottom, you know that transcombobulate is going to be harder. Yeah. You know. Um, and I mean, if you play with pirates, it's all pistols. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's ways of like masking that up for them. If you if you um, if you put if you're facing the fire spitter and you put the blue at the bottom, you know that that's less scary. Um, and also, I think the fire spitter tends to stand a bit further back, and you've got a way to get fairly close to them yeah. um, because you charge up with various ways of charging up. Or you can use Loki to stop the fire spitter to be able to shoot as easily, and then still because because bear charge, you can still go straight to the wooded patch. As long as you can see a bit of their base, as long as you can see a bit of their base for line of sight, you can go straight to the wooded patch. If, if you bear charge your fire spitter, you can't run away as well. No, you can't. You can't and, use his defensive ability. And it's so. one of those times earlier where I was saying you can have that sort of Bjorn pinball effect where he charges something yeah. nearish to front and then bear charges into fire spitter and starts going, well, crazy with the axes. Yeah. Um, and if you found a way, apart from Olin giving him additional energy, and there's a couple of other ways I want to make second up giving Bjorn more energy, you could, because bear charge isn't once per turn. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but you could bear charge, because there are ways of giving him more and more energy. Yeah. Um, so you could bear charge one person, and then another, you could literally pinball him around to get the one you want to get to. <laughs> and really hard. <laughs> but you're just like, oh man. Beyond the pinball um, wizard. Yeah. I mean, if, so I think that that kind of gone. Yeah. If we're speaking of more ways to give uh, Beyond energy, I think honourable mention for the librarian. I Top the librarian deck. <laughs> the librarian was exactly the one I was going to go for. Was uh, the one another model I would definitely consider putting into this list. 
Um, I love the librarian. I really like her. I think I feel like she's underrated. Um, definitely, definitely. But energy siphon is just so useful. Um, she can give protection. She can move people again. So another way of moving people up. You put her behind Bjorn and activate her first and do librarian scorn. Not only do you do damage to him, so he's he's going to hurt more. You've also pushed him three inches. So you pin the cloak. They then do six inch dog. Then you can do pinball. Suddenly he's moved. 12 inches on the board um and she gives him another three energy so he's moving out the board with, with six energy or something he's just like oh my god turn one he just murdered the fire spitter which <laughs> <laughs> is just wonderful mm. <coughs> um so yeah um yeah yeah tabby was 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 my was my one to mention that i wanted to put in with this as an alternative i think we've kind of covered pure norse quite well um, I think the pure a pure Norse list can actually go toe to toe with a lot of um, a lot a lot of lists. I think they the one thing they might struggle with a little bit, which I think is good because you don't want to be good against everything, oh, would yeah. be like a like a rogue list where they're just trying to avoid you. Um, yeah. You know, if if your opponent's got ways of basically trying to get away from your time when they've got because most rogues are fairies, they can just jump over the terrain to get away from you. They can move around a lot. They can be pushing you around. Um, that they might struggle with a bit more. Um, and if if your opponent has ways of preventing the arcane deck manipulation, as it were, um, or doing it themselves with someone like um, uh, Danica. Um, Danica? Yeah, Danica, for example. Can, there, are other, there are other troops that can manipulate the deck as well. Or they do something um uh, like a one a one a one cast arcane and then do then they do that kind of thing so there are ways of dealing with that if, if, a, if an opponent has a way of dealing with that then um and you know the, the revenants are pain in the ass of bjorn <laughs> i'm just gonna sit right next to you i mean bear charge away i suppose i've got that but he, he is just revenant always it is a weird thought, but one of the counters to the Norse is one energy arcane actions because they all essentially become one energy shuffle the deck. So yeah, in in some ways, pirates are really good against them because yeah, you just shoot the pistol. It didn't work. Never mind. Yeah, you think they're about to try something funny to just fire your pistol in the air. Oh no, I've missed again. What a shame. Shuffle the deck, please. Yeah, and then it goes into this really weird counterplay if if you are playing against pirates. Whenever you manipulate the deck, the main thing you're probably going to be doing is just siphoning the greens out of the top three cards. So, yeah, interesting back and forth. <coughs> yeah, so the ways that I think there is ways of dealing with them. Um, but I wanted to talk a bit about non North models to put in. So, we mentioned Tabby um, because I think the ability for her to move people, um, to give protection, another way of giving protection. And again, her protection is even better for Bjorn because he suffers X plus one, minus one wound. So you can do a wound to him and at the same time, which is like, horrific, you know. Um, so even if you want to just do, if you just get a blue two and do one wound to him, he's doing plus one damage and can't be hurt for, a, for an activation. So, you know, and that really messes with your opponent. If you've got Tabby and Liv, Tabby gives him protection. He's, he's safe for a turn. They get rid of protection. Liv gives him protection. <laughs> oh man! Oh, so frustrating. Um, Screaming berserker, telling, asking for 
Because I think with on Bjorn, you kind of can't ignore it. You have to try and get rid of it to deal with him. But then that's you doing damage to Bjorn that you would want to be doing to Liv or Olim or someone else. Um, so I think normally, Tab- one of the ways you deal with protection is just, oh, I've got a one energy arcane action which deals some damage. Well, wouldn't it be a shame if the cards you need for that to succeed have been filtered out of the top of the deck? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't it be a shame? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you you could mix uh, kind of any number of gnomes in with this because apart from um, Liv, who's his, uh, his Norse only, the other ones are no more Norse. So. Um, you could make any kind of. I, I probably wouldn't put Mamma Gimble in, interestingly, because you've got two other heels already. You don't really need her in. Um, not that she's like useless for any, any, any means, but she's not needed. She, Billy, as we said, is a good one. Um, Gradic is still a great thing to have in there. Um, it's like, yeah, you, you managed to cast your capability, but by the way, you do have to tell me what it is. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in place of the deck, I've got protection, and you have to show me a card. <laughs> so you can't even bluff. <laughs> so, oh I, man. I know um, what your hand is, also you have to show it to me when you play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what card you've got, and you can't bluff it even if you wanted to. Um, so he's he would make it even more infuriating. To play. Yeah. I think in, like in, if I was bringing Norse in the tournament list, um, and I was bringing, like, however many, eight or nine, however, however, whatever the TO is, is saying, you for your... your um, for your true possibilities, I would still have Gradic in here with it. Um, because if I could see if I was across from some fairies, I'd be like, ha 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 ha, oh my goodness, your, your fairies are screwed. <laughs> uh, so, well, not only berserker and an old man, you're screwed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, my um, my sort of um, if if. If I were to grab another gnome to throw these guys, it would uh, probably be Quarrel would be my first port of call because you, um, yeah, I mean, normally he quite like Mamma Gimble being around for the plus one arcane, obviously. Um, but in the in the Norse, he doesn't need the plus one arcane. You just activate him whenever you know there's a green two or green three near the top of the deck. Um, yeah. The, and the other nice thing he's got is in the Norse, you... You more often than not will probably be using Young Jack, so he can also yeah. brothers in arms Jack. So he's got quite a nice yeah. bit of utility in the Norse. Yeah, I think the nice thing with the, with the Norse is you can you, you could go not pure Norse at all, um, and you could still put Billy in. Billy still works well with Olin. Yeah. Um and if you've got Billy with Quarrel and Young Jack, if Young Jack's died or is out of the way somewhere, you can just brothers in arms Billy instead, um, yeah. and make Billy really melee. Um, he's still got a sword doing plus one damage. He can get really far at the board really quickly. Um, he's got a fairly scary signature move, so um, that's quite a fun possibility. What about, apart from Tabby, um, what about other humans? So of interest. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about other giants in a minute and things, but what other humans? Yeah. Um, well, my, my mind always immediately goes to, oh, are there any humans who flip top card of deck? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my mind, but one thing is Agatha, because um, whenever a uh, mercenary nearby makes a melee attack, they gain energy, and Bjorn's a mercenary, so she can yeah, chuck Bjorn even more energy, and, well, even more energy would drink your fill, enticing off and makes the 
can make the Norse more mobile. So she's sort of put yeah, she's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, she could be fine. She probably wouldn't necessarily bring her in like a you're being truly competitive, but you could bring her for fun. Um, and the one that I, I, I mentioned that when we, we when we were talking before we started recording, just <laughs> because it's fun to be a pain. Because uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you've got two look of innocence, <laughs> which and I, I, I think. Uh, we were saying it earlier, like uh, before we started. Um, I might have mentioned it on. A, I might have mentioned it already now. Um, one of the abilities that Jack, who is, is my main opponent, and most anyone who watches our, my channel, Yoldi Bathlet, or, or even has the podcast, will know about Jack. He's on loads of it. Um, one of his, his most hated abilities to face is look of innocence. Um, he just because he, he often forgets it, and then thinks, "Oh, I'll shoot Anya." Oh, what? No, I can't do Anya. And I just think if you had Natty. And Olim, um, and also Natty does provide something a bit different in that you haven't got any in a in a pure nurse list. You've got no way to deal really to deal with the Revenant. Um, if the Revenant's got a Moonstone, you're you're not getting it off him. Um, so Natty does provide that. Like I, I would potentially put Natty into my like tournament list if I knew I was if I was across the board from the Revenant. I'd be like, right, Natty in just in case I need to get that last Moonstone off you. Um, and she's still, you know, Nat Natty is still a lot of fun. Um, and although this with Norse gnomes, you're not necessarily going to be as clustered up as you are with a, an, like I say, an old-fashioned gnome list. You're still going to be fairly close together. You still want she, she still probably is going to be be able to be around a couple of friendlies. Um, in which case, she's going to be minus two evade with Look of Innocence. Um, so she's another model that you can barely hit with Arcane. Not only so, not only if you put protection on Bjorn, you, you, you've never played in the deck, you also can't hit Olin because he, he's Look of Innocence, you can't hit Natty because she's Look of Innocence and my two. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think, I think I think I potentially would add her in to my like tournament nine things, which would be say with the North. Um, um. I'll, I'll give I'll, I will give something back to Jack though. I'll, I'll mention to him quickly that if you, you know there's a green three on the top of the deck, um, Bjorn can throw an axe at Natty and immediately kill her. Yeah, he can. Yeah. There you go. There's one for you, Jack. Doesn't matter what her evade is. You always draw at least one card if you know the, f yeah, the only yeah. card you're going to draw is a green three. Just throw it at her. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Bjorn is quite a good counter to that look of innocence, actually, because of that precise reason. Um, if he can get close up and throw his axe, and like I say, you know you've got the green three, you can, I think I think it would, it would also kill Anya. I'm pretty sure she's only got six. I she got seven. seven. Yeah. She's seven. Um, so she would survive on one health, but Anya on one health isn't as scary because she's not going to have the energy to turn bigger, so, or, or actually do anything. She can't do anything with one energy. Um, apart from walk around, so um, so you can certainly hurt her a lot. But I think those are the only three models with look of innocence. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a fun one. Um, and do do you want to talk about your your giant that you just were we talking earlier my, that you would add in? Yeah, my 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 um my um non non standard as it were pick dim and dimmer definitely. If you know there's a three on top of the deck, you immediately activate him, and now you have a four energy giant. I don't think I need to elaborate any further. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is fun. I think Dim and Dim was yeah, because I think Dim and Dim was one of those giants that is is sadly a bit is a bit easy to leave out, as it were. Apart from in a pure giant, and I really like a giant. I love playing 
um, the four giants, Paul Daniel Kaufman, it's hilarious. I've, I've played against Tom with it before and it, it's brilliant. And I play against Jack with it and it's just like, it's actually really scary because they're so hard to kill. Um, so in that, I use Doom and Doom a lot. But I think when you're, because like Brunhilde's Commonwealth and Gotcha and Doom and Doom were both Commonwealth Dominion, it's very easy to like think, well, I've got a noble, so I'm going to bring Gotchka. I've got a noble, so I'm going to bring Brunhilde. Um, I'm going to play less. I'm going to bring Lubards. I can't bring Dim and Dimmer anyway. Um, he's, he can be sadly easy to leave out, which I think is a shame because I think he has enormous potential. But he, unlike, say, Gotchgat, who is quite happy just as long as he's sat near a noble, he's performing his function perfectly well. Dim and Dimmer does, as you said, likes to be with people who come in it for the arcane deck. Um, yeah. Uh, and this look, is, as you said, is particularly good at it. Um, definitely a new lease of life for him it, yeah it, i i sort of agree with you that the main lists i've seen him in beforehand were sort of commonwealth giant lists and dominion lists where the mortician's presence because he's got that really weird synergy with the mortician but yeah, yeah. um sort of alongside the north he definitely works really well with the yeah anytime yeah. you know there's a three or two on the top of the deck activate him here's your really stacked giant and if you're yeah. using Brynhildr as well, because uh, it's a Norse list, then in a pinch, if Dim and Dimmer really needs an energy and Brynhildr's got a spare one, she can, what's it called? Epic Bowers of Heat. Epic Bowers of Giant. Epic, Epic Bowers of Giant. Chuck, Chuck yeah. Energy to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you, you could go for almost like half Giant, half Norse. Would be fun. Yeah, the um, one of the lists I've had a lot of fun with was, was yeah, the three ones which manipulate the deck and then Brunhilde and Dim and Dimmer. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, I can't think I mean interestingly, I think actually, because I think, you know, when, when I created Brother Daniel, he was like he's he's quite a powerful character. Um, <laughs> and, and and he and he's Brother Daniel is one of those models that um is hard to leave out. Like when I create, and I know, I know that it's for me. Obviously, I've got a soft spot for Daniel for obvious reasons, and everyone knows why that is. Um, but like, if I play Leshevol, I can't not bring Brother Daniel. It's really hard not to. And even when I bring Commonwealth list, it's like he's just really useful. But actually, in this Norse list, I probably wouldn't bring him. He's not one that I'd bring in in bringing my sort of tournament nine because I don't think he really need it. You've got plenty of movement and stuff, so you don't need plant the placards. Um, okay, he gives plus one energy on look at the shiny thing, great. But if that's all he's ever going to be doing, picking up and doing the shiny thing, that's not really using him that well. There's other models that can do stuff that's more useful in this list. End is nigh, he probably won't be able to do because he won't be able to get the energy. And Bell Ringer was a heal, well, you've got two healers that are better at healing anyway. Weirdly, um, weirdly the best thing on his card for the Norse probably is slightly maddening. Yeah. Just to um, give you a chance, another, a chance to still activation. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, look at the shiny thing is useful in, in any list um, because being able to give plus one energy for free is always going to be useful. Um, but I just think that in the in the way you want to play your Norse list, you don't really want to be keeping people back with Bell Daniel because you sat at the back with the Moonstones hovering around. You want them to be pushing up and hitting stuff. And if they're standing back just to get the extra energy, it's not really worth it. So I think interestingly, a Norse list is a time where I probably wouldn't necessarily bring bring him. Um, and like I think that because um, the other obviously the other kind of Commonwealth 
where there's a is the, is the Commonwealth um, forms. Um, I mean, Mr. Toodles is useful in a lot of lists, but you can have a third healer for fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Hoff probably not, but I mean, Jada and Mr. Toodles and Boris has always got is always a bit of a laugh, but um, they've got more, even more if you want it, but. Well, um, Boris isn't too bad with the uh, Norse because um, you often have Joanna, so that's um, yeah. You can yeah, if you bring Joanna, it could be fun. Surround her with bunnies. Yeah, and um, those bunnies probably aren't going to fail because you'll probably wait till you know there's a two on the top of the deck to activate them. And also, actually, that's the actually Boris is a good one because if you do get luck, I mean, again, uh, a bit of luck in this, but you might be get get the luck. Of putting a green, putting a three at the top, and getting a jackalope. So, yes, um, that's it's genuinely terrifying when you see a five energy Boris, the bunny summoner, and a stacked deck because yeah. it could be a jackalope. It could be a jackalope, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, Boris is quite a good chat with it, I think. Um, and Mister Toodles, I think. Um, I know that his card's going through a bit of a. Um, update at the moment and I won't talk about that because it's not been released yet but um, I think he could potentially be useful I mean um, it's hard to know again who you take out necessarily um, Hoff I think I probably wouldn't bring because he needs to be with other, with, with more Thorns um, Jade I could see possibly being useful because she's just got that extra movement and things that she could do but again it's kind of Jade is fun but who would you take out why, why would I have Jade and not Young Jack why would I not Joanna. Why would I have Jada and not Brunhilde? So it's hard to hard to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah. Run around collecting stones, and then when when there happens to be a decent three on a uh, decent green on top of the deck, you can fire a bow. Um, yeah. It's, it's the thing is a lot of if a model has an arcane ability, then they're not going to be bad with the mix. No. But any model with arcane ability, well, there any model with an arcane ability can sort of take advantage of the Norse. But the ones which are um, like Jada, where they'll do one arcane action, are probably better than things like oh, old uh, Calders, where they do multiple arcane actions. Because obviously, if you stack the deck, you can only really make use of a stacked deck once, because obviously it shuffles afterwards. So yeah. anything which is like a single powerful ability rather than a spam of low-powered ability. It sort of um, scales very well into the north. Yeah, which is why things like um, uh, Quarrel and the Nomad Airship are useful for that. And and though and Quarrel and the Airship over, for example, Flintlock, um, because Flintlock, Flintlock actually, although when you when you initially compare Flintlock and Quarrel, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. You initially look at their their two shooting attacks, and Quarrels initially look scarier. But Flintlocks is actually more dangerous in a certain extent because he's more likely to do a certain amount of damage because Quarrel only does more damage than Flintlock on a three. On a one, he does less. On a two, he does the same. On a three, he does one more. Whereas on a one, one is more likely to get. So Flintlock's more likely to do more damage than Quarrel. Um, but in a stacked deck, Quarrel is more useful because you're more yeah. likely to get two which is the same or the three which is better so and he's the gnome to benefit from the gnome stuff so um that's, that's, if you're bringing a shooter you'd bring quarrel or the gnome airship you wouldn't bring flintlock because those two are both better options because they have a gnome keyword that's um, um 
that's why Bjorn's axe ended up as a 2x damage because it sort of um, uh, skews towards the you set it up, it pays off even better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we've kind of done a good chat about how we'd build a list around, and we're focusing mainly on those three because we haven't talked about taking away Lib, Bjorn, or Olin because those are the three we're talking about. Actually, those three, you kind of do want them together. Um, but I'm also, because obviously you've done a lot of play SPs and you played against Tom, we've played against you, that kind of thing. Um, what would you bring, if you knew your opponent was bringing a Norse list, what would you bring against them? Um, I think I said, I, I think I briefly alluded to this earlier, but lots of one energy arcane actions is always quite nice. Because it's yeah. sort of a, yeah, one, it's sort of a one energy shuffle the deck uh, whole deal. Um, the other one is, um, I'd say, models which are really good at um, abusing models with one-inch melee zones are quite good. Now, Norse have quite a few ways to sort of get around their one-inch melee zones, like Bjorn has the um, charge thing. But you still will get that initial one or two attacks where they can't hit you back, so that's quite useful. And in general... Let's say we've got a a, um, a poppycock soldier list. Just brute, uh, sort of brutally good melee characters aren't too bad against them either. Norse are good in melee, but they're not sort of like Fritz level. Their power from melee comes uh, from being able to dictate sort of when and where the combat happens with their extended um, uh, jog ranges. So. Yeah, things that can abuse one-inch melee zones, things which are brutally efficient in combat, and um, yeah, lots of one-inch actions would probably be my top three for counters for them. Yeah, so pirates, pirates is quite a good one. Yeah, um, and or and pirates with something like Claudia in as well. Um, she's got loads of pistols, so you just like yeah, <laughs> pistol, <laughs> pistol. Um, um, the other one I was thinking of, um, yeah, the, the Commonwealth Human list, actually, and anything that can move them but not have to spend energy. So, <laughs> Corman, Corman's a great one. Oh, Bjorn, sorry, you wanted to, to um, move uh, move closer, did you? Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> There's a bag of gold there. Um, that's quite a, a fun one to do. Um, and Natty, I think, is also potentially quite a good one. Obviously, Bjorn is a scary one for Natty, but... If she can find a way to win, um, anything good armor, so poppycock, fancy hat, are both quite good, I think, because even if you are plus two damage, for example, with Bjorn, they ignore it. Um, and poppycock's got nine health plus two damage and gotch gut, maybe, so he's really hard to kill. Um, and with Eric near him, is really hard, it hits with like a ton of bricks as well. Um, although in my most recent game with Jack, which I put up when we put most recent free player game I played with Jack, um. Poppycock got absolutely murdered by Beast and did nothing to it at all. <laughs> Which is just one of those times when you do melee and your opponent does exactly the right cards. Yeah. Ball and swing, high got oh, they say that. Ball and swing, high got oh. So just one of those times that happens. But um also I think with um Leshevolt, um uh Boris is quite a good one for countering. Because if you've got bunnies in the way. It's like, oh, you'd kill a bunny before you can get to me. Oh, wasting energy killing a bunny again. Um, and Leshevelt also, I think, have a fair number of ways to be moving around too. 
um, as well as, you know, with that Danica potentially ways to manipulate the deck themselves. Um, I think there are there are lists that really don't like playing against them, like a, like a, an arcane fairy list or fairies generally actually don't like playing. I'd say I would. Well, something we're struggling against Norse, but I think what I would do if I if I was playing, if I was bringing a fairy list against Norse, I'd basically spend my entire time trying to avoid it. I would try and get three, three maybe the four. I'd try and get three moons quickly. Um, probably with uh, I'd definitely bring um, oh, what's her name. Um, uh, Tito, um, possibly bring Belladonna for a laugh um, because she's way of moving around and things. I'd bring my, I'd bring my um, fairy rogue list rather than normal kind of standard fairy list. Um, and I'd definitely bring Silver Tongue because I would just mind control Bjorn into hitting someone um, or lobbing it. Is also yeah. pretty decent against Bjorn because Wasp focuses on piercing damage. Bjorn reduces yeah. non-piercing damage, so yeah. and Wasp has got the. It's not a one energy shuffle the deck, but a two energy shuffle the deck is varies is yeah, it's close enough to she shuffle the deck for anyone yeah. else for a normal amount of energy. So I just think Wasp's great in general, to be honest. Yeah, Wasp is most great. of my fairy lists. Yeah, no, Wasp is hard to do about our fairy list. Also, Silver Tongue's quite a fun one. Because <laughs> and I really just noticed this, it cost it would cost him four to do it. But if he can mind control Olim, he can make Olim do fortunate, manipulate the deck for <laughs> they want, and then Olim and then Olim can't do it in his own turn because once per turn. Yeah. So that's that's an annoying one. It's no 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 no. You can definitely make that even worse if you can give Silver Tongue one energy beforehand. He commands Olim to set up the deck, and then he uses Whispered Secrets with a stacked deck. And he's yeah. a trickster. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So there are <laughs> there definitely are ways of dealing with this. Um, I think pirates is a good one. Um, I think goblins generally actually. The goblins have got like a lot, lot of like sneaky tricks they can use. Um, I mean, like Swiggity's great. Swiggity's great. Oh, sorry. What's that? You you've got Berserk Fury. No, you haven't anymore. So you might have just taken four wounds to do damage, and I'm taking it off you. Now, now I do an extra two damage. Honestly, I've got um, Olim's card open at the moment, and I'm just picturing the mental image of Swiggity Swooty nicking Valhalla and what that looks like. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. <laughs> but also, Swiggity Swooty can just nick the look of innocence off him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Swiggity Swooty is obviously really good against anything that has lots of passivities. Yeah. And, to have. Plunder. Um, and Plunder is a one energy action. So that's a one energy shuffle the deck. Yeah. He doesn't even need yeah. to load it like his pistol. Yeah, and um, is it is it I think I've gone past thing now. Is it once per turn? Plunder, no. No, plunder's as much as you like. Yeah, so he yeah, so he does it, okay, it didn't work because you you never the deck. It's okay, I can do it again. <laughs> um the, the other thing with goblins is um unlike um unlike shooting for a lot of factions and troops in Moonstones. When goblins commit to shooting, they don't just do one big hit. They do loads and loads and loads of hits. So say you're, you yeah. stack the deck up to do, you know, anti-fire spit and stuff. The fire spit has got six energy on him. You might stop the first one, but then there's two more attacks coming in. So they sort of don't deal so well against things that's, uh, where individual models repeatedly spam arcane abilities. because Yeah, and, and the goblin... Yeah, the oh, goblin actually was more up for it because 
if you manage to stack the Goblin Airship up with extra energy with like Shabaroon or Seasick, let's say the Goblin Airship, because it's fairly easy to get the Goblin Airship up to like six. Um, okay, my first pea shooter doesn't work. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I've got five more coming. <laughs> Not affected by cover either, by the way. And these are all zero FA, these guys. So. Yeah. Um, oh, Brynhilda's uh, plus yeah. two and doesn't have any armor. Brynhilda's plus two doesn't have any armor, exactly. Um, so yeah. Rybold doesn't like it quite as much because it's harder for him to get. A, I mean, again, if you stacked him up, you might get, you might not get the first cannon off. So Rybold doesn't like it as much. But I think if I was, if I was goblins facing a, a North Fist, I probably wouldn't bring Rybold. I'd probably bring the Fire yeah. Spitter and the Goblin. It's, um, yeah, it's really easy to just also, try and find that in the bottom. But also, the Goblin actually was completely immune to Bjorn's melee stuff. So yeah. um, he, he, the Goblin airship can't be can't be affected by um, Valhalla because he can't be engaged. Um, yes, okay, a throwing axe would hurt quite a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, okay, fine, but throwing axe is probably only going to be once in the turn. Um, you know, you might be lucky and get it off twice, okay, fine, but you've then used a lot of energy to kill one one model. Um, Live live isn't too bad against the goblin airship at least because uh, runes of power deals magical damage which cuts through the ramshackle armor. It's only X yeah. minus one, but so so the fun thing I quite enjoy with live is if you don't have anyone to set up to set up specifically, if you're just randomly healing someone, if you find a pink three, save that. Don't heal a person as your next action. Just chuck two magical damage on an enemy. Doesn't matter how yeah. much cover they've got. You stick a pink three yeah. on top of that. There's two auto magic damage, which not bad for a healer for one energy, is it? Yes, definitely. That's one thing to remember with Lee, which I think is really useful. Like if you've, as you said, if you've healed someone and managed to do it successfully, and you want to do hit someone, and you, you've got that pink in your hand from it, you can just you can just do that. She can uh, manipulate the rune. She can do she can do it every turn with herself just by doing runes of power yeah. more than once. Obviously, manipulate the deck. Um, manipulate the rune is once per turn. You can't do it again and then again. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, it, but, was. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember it was well, not once per turn. Um, I mean, that's kind of the way with a lot. Often, that's the way. I mean, I don't know about the, the newer, the newer models. Which again, I won't mention the ones that you're you're designing at the moment. Obviously, I know, I know what they are. But Tom always had that traditional philosophy of when you create a new model, you make it overpowered because it's easier to nerf it than it is to add power. Which are kind of in the models that I've helped be a part of creating. Um, that's sort of like, like the first iteration of Diana Enraged was absolutely ridiculous. Because <laughs> 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 now, obviously, she's scenario based, but she was even she was even worse. <laughs> um, I, uh, and the first iteration of Daniel was worse. And the first, I there was a come what other models I had a part of. Um, I was I was part of right Rybold was was worse to start with. Well, scarier to start with. Um, the pirates were scary to start with. Um, uh, well, well, everyone can see it now because um, the um, what the, the original sort of evolve the Varic I was sort of posting teasers on on the Moonstone players group. They were always sort of yeah, they were sort of in that um, still playtesting phase, which is why when a lot of people looked at them, especially the Dominion one, said, "Hang on, that's really good." Yeah. The, the general philosophy is we design them sort of overpowered and then down. So, yeah, that's that's why those look so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, which I think is a fun exercise. I mean, I love, I love doing things. It's, it's always fun to play with something new and different. Um, I think that's kind of everything covered for the North. I, I think you've done a good job of covering that really well. Um, is there anything you want to kind of add before we finish? A couple of things. Uh, f- first of all, um, little trick when you're playing the Norse that me and Tom figured out very early on and helped us a lot. Um, and I know for a fact um, everyone who's done plays Young Jack has done this at least once. When you set up the deck, uh, forget that you set up the deck and then just, without even thinking about it, shuffle the deck before doing an arcane action. Uh, you're setting up the deck a lot with the Norse. What we found was quite useful is if you have set up the deck, if you put the cards on in the, like a um, at like a 90 degree angle, so then it means you're sort of less likely to just idly shuffle it because you look at the sort of cards on the top and go, oh, that's been set up. Set up. I shouldn't idly shuffle that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because yeah, sometimes you just when you when your opponent's thinking, you just pick up the arcane deck and just shuffle. Yeah. You're keeping your hands busy, like anyone like me, you can't keep. I can't keep my hands still ever. Oh, um, same here. <laughs> I that, well, I think that's a history of playing the channel and the guitar. I can't keep my fingers still sticking. Like right now, I've got a pencil in my hand because I've got a fill. I've got a fill with a pencil. When oh, I'm, I'm when I'm in staff in my hand as well. <laughs> yeah, when I'm in staff meetings, I'm clicking a pen the whole time. I must irritate the hell out of my colleagues. Um, so yeah, and I do that with the arcane deck. I pick it up and I and I start shuffling it. And I got, and Jack will go, Dad, I, I manipulated that with Jack. I'll go, Oh, sorry, mate. Do it again. Just go and put the cards you put at the top back again. But yeah, that's a good shout actually. Putting the top card at an angle so you know you manipulated it. Um, and then, useful. Yeah. yeah, and then just fiddle with the melee deck instead. There's no way to set that up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, I think that's. Uh, oh, sorry, there was something else you wanted to add. I was going to say one more thing. It's not a specifically a Norse thing. Well, kind of. Um, I hope you don't. It's a tangent, Joe. It's a tangent. Oh, we're going to have one last tangent <laughs> before it's kind, we of a, it's kind of a tangent, but kind of not. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm going to a shameless plug here, but I'm um, organising a tournament in Bristol uh, to start of next year on the 21st of January. So if you do get these guys for Christmas and you fancy a uh, chance to um, give, him a, give him a test drive uh, for four games um, today for only eight quid, then yeah, you should totally check that out. Uh, it's, um, I think it's the fifth one I've done now. Everyone normally seems to have a blast, so yeah, you should come along. And if it yeah. does help, I've called it only fools and Norses. <laughs> so it's not quite as much of a tangent because it's still sort of Norsing. <laughs> but there's um, a link on the Facebook page, and uh, you can PM me on. Well, yeah, anyone that's on on the players group or on the Discord will should should be seeing it because it gets um. It gets prompted near the time and things as well, usually. I need to try and do another tournament around here. It's, it's so hard to find time. Um, uh, I think I think one of the problems that I've got around here is that when when I started promoting Moontown around here, I kind of got people playing it. And then basically, as I as my, my children have been born and things, I've had less time to kind of promote it locally. That It's, it's not died off in Norfolk. There are still plenty of people to play it around here, but it's harder to get people... Um, whereas in Bristol, I think you've got a very thriving Moonstone community, haven't you, in, in that area? Yeah. yeah, we've got 13 players for that event, so I think we'll get, I think we'll get a few more. We're a, we're a good day. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. We've managed to keep it 
I think we've already had about two or three tangents in that. Joe, I think it's, a, it's good for us. That's, and they that's, and they were all and they were all pretty relevant to what we're talking about. So I'm not even yeah. trying to call. Them. Um, but it's done definitely, well. Definitely getting better behaved oh. on that front. I mean, I, I remember one of our recordings. I remember. Sorry, I missed that. Joe, it's breaking up a little bit now. Right at the end, of the show. What did you just say? I said that we're definitely getting better behaved on the tangent front. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember some of our early recordings were like two and a half hours long, and an hour of it was probably tangent. That's good. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Um, uh, I'm going to make the same promise I made in the last two. So I'm, I'm going to try and keep these with these podcasts more more regular. I have got some ideas for my next few, which always helps, um, including a few solo podcasts, which are obviously much easier for me to just record. Um, I won't share what they are yet because I'll, I'll I'll do that later. But I'm hoping to put some more narrative things in as well to kind of pad out the podcast a little bit. Um, we're almost at 50. This is 44, and I'm hoping to plan something special for number 50 as well. It's six podcast time. But yeah, so thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Um, and yeah, keep playing Moonstone. It's growing and growing and growing. Um, and it's great to have more people playing. We've got players all over the world now. Players in Australia, players in Canada, um, Europe's got a good scene. I even think there's someone in Russia playing it at the moment, so that's good. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot, everyone. And thanks, Gon. thanks again for coming on, Joe. It's always a pleasure having you on. No problem. It was nice to chat again. Cool. All right. See you later, everyone.